Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Nursing Handover podcast. You have me, Jerry, and I've got, you know, my lovely, lovely friend with me, Diane. How are you doing today, my dear? I am not too bad, a bit tired, but I'm okay, you know. I can't complain too much. Um, How are you? Good, I'm alright. I just, you know when your week has pretty much just begun, but you're ready for the week to be over? Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I just, I just want some TLC time, like a duvet day, and just watch films and just catch up with life, all my notifications, everything like that. Like, if you would see my phone right now, it is blowing up crazily. But yeah, yeah you need like time out of everyday life to just kind of pause. Yeah, yeah, and just have that. I mean, like a bit of R and R for yourself. Yeah, definitely. That's necessary. Yeah, you need it. Definitely. But how has your week been so far? Um. So, if anyone was following me on stories, I talked about last week was literally my induction week for my new job. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of gave everybody just an insight into what the days were like, what I was expected to do, what I saw, how I felt. Um, so it was good. There were some days where I wasn't very impressed, but there were some days where I went and I thought, yep, I can do this. This is good. It works. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to like a new challenge, a new environment, new people to work with. Yeah. Um, and obviously new conditions, but like I said, it's a surgical unit. Um, and they do certain things obviously a bit different. So I think it's kind of adapting to all of those things and also meeting the expectations of what they want you to do um but yeah but I have annual leave for now so at least I can park that and then when I come back I can think about that if that makes sense yeah also yeah. I feel like it's quite nice the way you started I know some people will be like oh they just want to get started and suss it out but like taking that bit of time out to have a bit of annual leave actually seems yeah good. yeah I feel like a lot of people go from job to job mm. um like they finish one and there's actually no relief and they go into the next one yeah and um, that can be so I, tiring yeah like I can't like I need a head I need headspace to kind of debrief from the last job mm-hmm. rest relax and then prepare myself for the next one if that makes sense yeah um and I wanted to go into it in the right headspace and really prepare because anyone who's been listening to us for ages I was community and I've gone back to clinical um so it is different all over again if that makes sense yeah I can't wait um, to hear like the comparison, like how you yeah. feel. Like, obviously, I don't think any of them are better. Personally, I don't think there's one that's better than the other. I think it really comes yeah. down to what fits your life. Yeah, definitely for sure. Well, well, because sometimes you'll find that like shift work suits certain people and their certain lifestyle and what they want because mm. like they can manipulate your rotor. Like the one thing I miss about shift work. It's been able to manip- manipulate my rotor so that I get more annual leave just by the days off and things like that. Yeah, exactly. And I think those are the things I remember, like, I think I did a video in April and I was talking about the pros and cons of shift work. Mm. And that's one of them. The fact that you can manipulate your annual leave you can potentially get more because of how your shifts work. Yeah. Or even your work pattern can mean that if you allocate well, if you get given what you what you choose, if you self-roster... Mm-hmm. You can have lots of days off in a row. Yeah. 
I mean, you so, yeah. work in both sides, but the time off will be yeah. the time off you need without annual leave, which I feel like that's one of the big things I miss. Mm. But right now, our community suits my lifestyle. Yeah, this is it. So I'm interested to see how I'm going to feel. Mm-hmm. Like going back in that, even at like the early morning wake-ups, like a long day in general, a long night in general. Um. I know how it made me feel before. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how it made me feel now. Well, and go from we wish you the best as always. But no, it'd be nice to see like side by side comparison and what it's been like. Especially, I found like the daunting thing for me after Matt leave was going back to do clinical work in. Mm. Because you had been off shop floor for ages. Yeah, you did, you did a few agency shifts, but that's not the same. If as, no, as what your not. job would be, do you get what I mean? Fully, yeah, 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 and that's how it falls out. And because I'm going in as a band six, I already have that internal pressure that you need. You should know this stuff. Yeah, you should be an expert in what you're talking about and what you're doing. So how can you not know? And I think that's something that I expressed to the educator when I met. In, at the induction because mm-hmm. although I've been qualified for so long I've not been in practice for two years when I think about it my training yeah. year the year I've actually practiced as a health visitor and I haven't done anything clinical apart from the odd random shift so even down to preparing benzoyl penicillin again or gentamicin again you know or even like knowing my parameters for my babies or my mm-hmm. blood pressure like all that almost has to be rejigged and relearned yeah like it's there in the back but I haven't activated it or tapped into it for so long that I now have to like go back to the archives and really dig it out Mm. but you know what you're Um, saying that one of the big things I miss from clinical working is the uniform I know people are gonna think I'm crazy however all my uniforms have predominantly been scrubs so I miss my scrubs as in I think that's what I miss I mean this this where where I work now is traditional uniform um so it's tunic and trousers um I can't lie, I have to for a dress. Those nursing dresses be hitting in different ways. <laughs> I mean, we don't have a dress, ever. Honestly, girl, it will change your life. I remember on Piku, yeah. because the Piku I worked on, they were traditionally, want, like the matron traditionally wanted actual uniforms, so we didn't wear scrubs. And yeah. I think that that's really the only place I've worked that I've needed actual uniform. And... Mm. Yeah, I've got dresses. I got some. I got some tunics and trousers, but you know them nursing trousers. Like you'll be getting, you'll be a size sixteen, but oh. they offering you a twenty two because it's the twenty two that fits. Yeah. Uh, but however, yeah. the crotch is literally in your chest. Yeah, literally. honestly. So I feel like I miss scrubs because my home trust, the way I spent the longest, we wore scrubs. Mm-hmm. So I feel like oh god, like uniform, uniform. And if you was on my story, well, on my story, if it was on the podcast story, sorry, I did talk about the faff of uniform and things like that. Yeah. So, like, my mom's going to have to take it in for me and whatnot, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't mind it, if that makes sense. Like, I get it. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. And it's fine. You know, it's not the end of the world. Well, then, with that being said, then next year, utilise your self-assessment and claim all that clothes-washing money back. Oh yeah, gosh, yeah. I didn't think of that. Your your washing, your socks, your shoes. 
I think they offer you allegedly inverted commas six pairs of shoes for the year no and stuff like that but yeah utilize it because it's there for a reason if we don't utilize it we're just paying for our nose and you know this current cost of living situation is really lifing guys knowledge <laughs> is power heard it here first don't dull exactly those are the words do not dull but speaking about uniform clinical working shift life that takes us right into our first topic which is a lot of you may have seen the post from i think it's on the nhs millions page i could be very wrong with that um about the doctors that were told that because they've got plans it's not good enough and that they should be able to come provide cover to the unit department whatever it is that they're working on I'm going to tell you here, right now, there is no way on my booked time off or my rest days, you're going to call me in if I have not offered. Yeah. No way, Jose. I know you all know me as the bank queen, but that's out of my choice. No one has said to me that it's in my contract and I must come in complete hours. For what reason? This is it. I mean, when you read the email, it's shocking because your own time is your time. Mm-hmm. You're not bound in contract with your NHS trust or your private trust, whoever you work for. You're not bound to them for life. Like, to me, it gave slavery. That's what I it agree. gave. It was like, your time is ours in every capacity and it's your job to cover what we can't cover. And I can't lie anyone who's in management please come and tell me different but I feel like if you need agency you need to use them and yeah. if you can't get the or it's too expensive when you guys go to your chief exec, meet, exec meetings bring it up and show oh look our budget our budget's being spent on ABCD because we can't cover ABCD and we can't exactly. afford to bring our permanent staff because they're burnt out be transparent like I don't we don't sit in boardroom so we don't know what gets said but to me that email was awful disgusting but you know what you're saying that we don't sit in boardrooms and stuff as much as like some might some might not does this stuff really get listened to because when I hear stories of friends and stuff that are in management and they're executing what you're saying yeah they're getting pushed swept under a rug however these are the people that haven't done clinical in over 20 years 10 15 20 years this is it. And they want to come tell us, oh, hush, hush, and do our job and take our pay. But you don't see them striking because they're out here making the big bucks. This is it. And not down here on shop floor with the rest of us. Right. And I think that's a big problem. As in, people that send those kind of emails to me are very out of touch with reality. Mm-hmm. And they seem to think that people don't do anything on their free time. That people are so consumed with their job that literally sit and wait for you to call them to come. Hmm. Uh, like if, we, like, yeah. Honestly. However, that free time is your free time, and I'm probably gonna get some stick from what I'm about to say. So, with that being said about the email, I worked in a trauma center, and you know, so I've forgotten which one. There were some sort of attacks and things, and you know, they needed people. So people were being roped in left and center. However that's for a specific incident if you could get there not on a not on your normal day off that someone's going to call you and be like yeah 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 i'm gonna need to come and cover lucy's shift because she's not here how is that fair 
Because they're not covering. No. They're doing their hours and bouncing. And also, if the pandemic has taught us anything, self-care and time for yourself is so important. Like, we worked tirelessly, tirelessly during the pandemic and before that and people are tired so that their days off are they they are wow i'm really str- struggling my word today that they are the uh, days off to rest who do yeah. you think you are you're not it's different if you're offering time and a half but you're not even offering time and a half you're just saying this is part of your contracted hours i'm sorry it is not yeah and even like the tone of the email is low-key like passive aggressive like so for example i'll read a small excerpt so it says um they've so they attached some kind of principles to this email and then said having made plans in inverted commas is not a good reason to refuse cover as of course we all make plans on how we wish to spend our free time it is about cancelling those plans and instead coming to work now hmm i mean like to me it's passive aggressive you're it telling is. me However, what the time. The key word being your free time. It is my free time. How dare you come and ask me for anything in my free time? Yeah. You like, know. that alone, I just think it's absurd that someone thinks someone actually has the audacity to send this and think people are going to respond. And whoever leaked it, I applaud you because I also feel like as much as we're trying to save the NHS, yada, 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 it's also to blame, or no, I'm not saying the NHS is to blame. The people that are sending these emails are ju- are just as much to blame as to why people essentially, excuse my French, take the piss out of us. Yeah, for sure. And I think what makes me upset is why does someone have to walk a day in our shoes or do a shift to sympathise or empathise or understand that this is asking too much of someone you know why why can't you read that and be like oh my god that's awful can you imagine doing a week's worth of work like these people are working 40 48 sometimes 72 hours a week mm-hmm. and then work more and like was actually a commenter on the post said that there isn't any evidence here that they've been told they'll get extra pay like Gigi just said mm-hmm. or that you know that there'll be any kind of leeway like okay if you're going to come in and work that day we'll take you off that day or there's no element of compromise or collaboration. It's just, you need to do this and that's it. Whereas, I don't know about you guys, but I thoroughly read my contracts. It does not say that I have to cover other shifts when they're empty. I have done my contracted hours for that week. And that is that. Yeah. And I think what makes me sad is when people say stuff like, it's your duty. It's a my vocation. Duty but that's what I'm saying, like, as like they've weaponized those statements against mm. us and it's almost like emotional blackmail to push that narrative on people you have to do it it's your duty to do it if you don't do it then what's going to happen and and I think that's what makes people burn out that's how we have high suicide rates that's how we have people walking away from the profession altogether yeah so that's why you go in, in nearly every acute primary care community all these areas, they're starting to have very high turnovers, turnovers before that would be like a criteria for me not to work at a place. If they had a really high turnover, I'd be like, no, I can't. But now that's no longer a factor that I consider because everywhere has high turnover. 
Yeah, and it's a big shame because the healthcare jobs, and I mean that from consultants down to people that work in the hospital as cleaners, you all provide a service and a service that's needed. Yeah. And it's just not taken into consideration. It's it's like we're treated as the dog's bollocks, essentially. And we're not allowed to complain or we're seen as ungrateful and unreasonable if we say otherwise. However, why should yeah. we be expected to take everything someone says to us? However, other people in other roles will not be taking this. You think you can go to a private company and say you must work on your day off. No, I'm not doing anything until the dollar bills talk. Exactly. And like exactly. Diane said ages ago, if the team needs agency or extra cover, go out to agency, go out to bank, go out to externals. There's a reason they're there. People will do the shifts. I mean, maybe not now. People won't do the shifts, but at least you tried rather than how dare you say coming on my day off. You also don't know what that person's going through. This is it. They could they could have had that day off to go to a family funeral. Yeah. Or be getting married. Or even their partner's having a baby and they didn't qualify for mat leave or paternity leave. Yeah. And and not even that. It takes like like you said, people have a lot of stuff going on in their life. Mm-hmm. And current pressures and the current issues that everybody's facing, no one knows what somebody's really, really going through. Exactly. And you need to give people that grace to be able to time out. Not everybody can go, 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 go. You know, the last thing we want is our passionate, kind, caring professionals burn out to the point that they're off sick. Mm-hmm. And, and then off more and more. Yeah. You know, who wants to work in an environment? And what makes me laugh is, an investment banker wouldn't tolerate that exactly you know, they wouldn't have it the mp wouldn't tolerate that they won't have it so why should we tolerate it why is that why are such emails okay to send i can't lie part of me thinks whoever sent that email was drinking i know there's no slurred language or or under the influence or something because how dare you if you received an email like that how would you feel Right, because Lord knows I'd be causing a riot in my in my workplace if I received an email like that. Yeah, that's enough to leave. I trust. Oh, uh, honestly, honestly, because there's certain things. Because why should I stand oh. for that? How dare you? Yeah, that also shows me you don't value me as a member. You just think about the time yeah. that I can give to you. However, if I died today, my shift, my job role will be out tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the message I can give to anyone, and I think I saw this post somewhere on Facebook, the rare times I go on Facebook. And I think it it, it rings true now more than ever, which is you are totally replaceable at work. You're not replaceable at home. Home is your real life. Keep that perspective always. Um and to me, like that says it all. You you need to think about yourself and your life because you'll have people that you're important to and vice versa and you need to be okay physically mentally and emotionally and no one should ever pressure you via email because that's even the cowardly way you know email select all and send with no verbal face-to-face discussion no taking it to focus groups or 
sitting down and discussing it. No, you've literally sent an email and almost, and which to me makes it even worse. It's almost like saying, well, this is it then. Do you like yeah. it or not? Kind of thing. Without addressing the real issue, which is you haven't got staff, the service is under pressure, you are on limited resources and people are exhausted and you don't know what to do. I couldn't agree with you more. And I really do agree with what you're saying about it. It's cowardly because it just made me think, you don't have the balls to come and ask to come and ring my phone and ask me, but you want to send it in an email. Who said I'm looking at my emails outside of the work hours? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if I sent an email today, globally, saying that, oh, do you know what? I'm just not doing it because I don't want to do it. And you're going to have to deal with it. I, I'd be on disciplinary. There'd be uproar. How can you say that? You can't say that. Why have you said that? Write a statement here. Have a meeting with that person. Talk. It'd be all that. But someone has the cheek to write an email like that. And if you haven't seen the email, guys, it's flowing around. We'll post it again. But yeah, it's absolutely atrocious. And I think also, not even just NHS workers, all like civil servants, it's a slap in the face. Mm, it really is. Because whether you're a social worker, a teacher, what else is other forms of like civil servants how dare anyone think they have the right to send you such an email and think you're actually going to respond to help no are you sick it's awful it's awful i'd I'd love to know where what trust that came from and i'm here trying to like think about oh the trust i know if it is a london if it is a london trust which one could it be however it could be yeah. all of them to be honest it just depends yeah. Whose manager has the balls enough to, to drop such an email? I'm telling you. But then it makes me think that if you lot are feeling the heat from up there, what do you think is happening here? Exactly. We don't even get a break. Because what possessed you to send such an email and think there wouldn't be backlash? Let alone it become, like, out there. Right? Hmm. Uh, yeah, guys. Like... Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say that it's definitely sparked a lot of conversation on the NHS Millions post. So definitely, if you do get time, go and have a read. I can't agree with Dan more, but just like she said, it has sparked a lot of interest. And also, it just solidifies what we say about NHS like now, as in the government does not care about what we have to say. Because mm. out of it all, even look at the nursing strikes. The nursing strikes have been going ahead since December. I mean, there was, what, one talk from dropping from 19% to 10 And I haven't heard anything since. But I believe they're still going on strike whenever. No? Yeah. But however, you'll hear that there's been talks with other, with other services. I just don't understand why healthcare gets such a bad rep. Yeah, but someone needs to do the job, and it's true we don't go into nursing or other healthcare professions for the cash. No, but we want to be paid equally so that we're not suffering at home. Because exactly. my main thing is yeah, so I'll go into Audi and it'll tell me that they're looking for a store manager. The store manager is earning like fourteen, fifteen quid per hour, which when you look yeah. at the hourly rates for like healthcare. In some places, they've been paid more. Exactly. And and that's why people are running and going. That's the worst part, is what is 
teasing people in and then keeping them there isn't anything nothing nothing at all and it's a big shame because it's i just feel like the government's going to come change the nhs to make it privatized which they're already on their way bring in a health insurance that people cannot pay for what happens next because they've ruined it absolutely ruined it and i know we always say guys we are not we definitely are not a political podcast but whenever the time comes please go and vote because these people are actually killing us and when yeah. i say us not just the nhs just us as a people look at the way we're suffering yeah it's just it's very it's very sad and i think that's why we have to encourage open dialogue that's why we have to encourage self-care days relaxing because if you get so consumed by everything you become so overwhelmed you know your own life and you have what you're exposed to and I feel like us young people I will still call myself young we are young yeah like the new 20 yeah like we've had so much to contend with in our growing up Diane in the space of how say 30 years we have lived through three decades many many terrorist attacks a new war yeah. and covid yeah like, like it's, it's, it's madness it's crazy and what we should now accept this no no nursing or not healthcare or not there needs to be some changes some big, big changes, not changes, some big, big changes, because we are trying our hardest and things are just not happening. Yeah, it's just crazy. Where do we go from here? I guess we just have to watch this space. And I can't lie, whoever wrote that email must be feeling the pepper because it has gone everywhere across the globe. You sat there with Mm -hmm. your chest to come and write such an email. Don't worry, we'll find out what trust and we'll find out who. And they'll be dealt with. And that's not a threat, but they'll be dealt with because you can't send such. No, you can't. And I, and I just think that, God, I feel like I've lost my train of thought, but yeah, you kind of, you said it all really, but it, it just rings home what we're going through. That's it. And what I would want, I, I want people outside of them of the medical world to, to see stuff like this because I feel like people don't really know what's going on and mm-hmm. all pushed in the news is we're bad for striking we're selfish we are putting patients at risk we are not thinking about patients we are we are being unreasonable and that's the rhetoric that they're trying to shove down people's throats and for the most part sometimes it does work sometimes it doesn't work but all in all I feel like people need to see this is what people are going through yeah. Um. What people people have to deal with is the pressure people are under, and maybe then they'll have more of an an idea of why, I don't know, people are upset at work or not coping or calling in sick or mm-hmm. avoiding things. You know. But you know what? Oh, now I've lost my train of thought. It's um. Nah. I'll come. I'll come back. I'll come back to my point. It's it's there at the tip of my tongue. It's just not coming. Yeah, I know that feeling. That's what I had just now. I was thinking, like, I've got it, but it, I'm like, oh. <laughs> It'll come back to me, guys. But um, it really just makes you think, like, why are we doing all of this? Literally. Also, like, holistically, 
when you look at all the different um, occupations and stuff that are striking, are we going to see a change? I'm not trying to be downhearted mm. and not think that things can happen, but I mean they're pretty, they're pretty, they're being pretty damn well adamant that things are not going to change. How much worse do people need to suffer? Yeah, I think it's the bla- blatant ignorance of things. So I guess that rolls us into the whole Rishi Sunak plan that he's been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've been watching the news recently, um, Rishi Sunak recently came out and said that he's going to inject, I think it was it, one billion. So you have money for that, but you can't increase our pay. Right. <laughs> That's what I want to make sure I'm saying everything correctly. Guys want to make sure. So he has planned a one billion fund where what his aims are to do is to so this is a two year plan for England. And what he plans to do is provide 800 new ambulances, 100 specialist mental health vehicles, um, 5,000 more sustainable hospital beds, um, same day emergency care units, staffed by consultants and nurses in every hospital with a major A&E. And by March 2024, guys, this is next year. I need to make that very clear. This is next year. 76% of any patients will be dealt with in four hours. Um, and over the course of this year and next year, the target is to reach a 30-minute average response time for category two calls, such as a heart attack and strokes. Now you say 30 now, minute, three and zero. Yeah. Can't yeah. Like, if you have a heart attack in that time, you're dead. You're gone. Yeah. So, I mean, guys. It's not going to happen. I can guarantee you. I will put my, you know what, let me not put my life. But I will put my current courtesy car on it and say, it's not going to happen. These are just lies we're being fed. Because where was Boris when he was driving around them them weird buses saying that we're going to have 350 a week? Sis. It's a lie. No, how tone deaf can you be? How tone deaf can one person be? You're telling me that you're going to provide, let's just, re, like, you're going to provide 100 specialist mental health vehicles. You're going to need mental health staff to be in those vehicles. Exactly. Right? Also, you're going paramedics, to have you're talking beds. about. Yeah, right? 5,000 um, sustainable beds. Where, in what hospital? Going to build a new one? Well. I don't understand. Look, they managed What's to the- build Nightingale that quickly. Maybe that's what he plans on doing. However, well, it's not going to happen. Patient to staff ratio is going to be how? Right? Before, these people came, before they came and wrecked our country, we people were waiting up to four hours for Amy. They were before. I'm sure they were 13 years ago. I can't and believe it's been that, that long. Yeah, I, I can't believe it's been that. I can't believe we've been under these people for so long. Most of our adulthood, they've been in charge, if you think and about it. they've ruined our lives. Yeah, literally. I mean, to me, this just screams, I'm going to ignore everything that's going on and do what I want to do. This is what I want to do. I don't care when of you think this is what I'm doing. But I'm telling you, this guy is just the most ridiculous person. I've, like, how of touch can you be reality? I want to know. 
it's a joke with a capital J-O-K-E. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. You know, they want to do a lot of care at home. Do you have enough district nurses to do care at home? No. Uh, the main question is, all these jobs they're talking about, do they have staff? Do they have the this nurses? Is- the doctors? Right now, they don't have staff. Right now, you have every industry striking. Everyone. I've never, ever seen it. In my years of living, in this, and being born and bred here, have I seen everybody wants to strike. Firemen are striking for the first time since 2003. Teachers, nurses, rail. Okay. I mean, junior doctors have been striking for a while, but if, let me throw them into right? the mix as well. Even border force. I'm telling you, something has to give. I don't know what. But someone needs to go and sit in that house or that street, wherever the guy bloody lives, and say to him, if you don't fix up, my guy, if you do not. Because hmm. you're, you're, to me, they, they're going to start having blood on their hands now. And not I just mean, the, blood of, the blood of staff. They have it already. They don't care. Like, they don't use these services anyway, so it doesn't affect them. Like, imagine they needed to go to A&E. They'll pay and go privately. Yeah. It doesn't affect them, so they don't care. Yeah. And money talks in their world, so if they've got the money, they can cover it. Whatever it is, all the testing will be done there and then because they're paying for it. There's a reason we pay taxes for it to go back into the NHS. And if they're not going to do what they need to by the people of the country, they need to va-va-va-moose. Yeah. I mean, at this point, anyone can be prime minister. Honestly, That's one, the win the general election ASAP. Two, the conservatives just need to be dissolved and bye bye. And three, yeah. we just need fresh faces. Yeah, people that have people that actually want to listen and work for the people. Because to me, we're in a government that work for themselves, pure and simple. Mm hmm. Nothing is about the citizens because if it was, we wouldn't be seeing what's happening. And that's just my personal opinion. We really wouldn't be. Exactly. And also, the thing that I'm noticing a lot recently, even the people that voted for conservatives are not happy with this situation. Like, uh, no. there's a few that I've known that have turned more so Labour because of this reason alone. Which, mm. don't get me wrong, I'm still on their case for why, but you know, that's entirely up to them. But they're just like, this is. This is ludicrous. Yeah, completely. Completely. Just the whole thing is embarrassing. And the fact is that it was like you're on a ride and you can't get off, but you've been thrown up the entire time you've been on this ride, but you just can't get off the ride. When you think you're about to get off, the ride goes back up. Yeah, literally. And it's just so unfair. You know, our children don't deserve this. We don't deserve it. Our parents don't deserve it. No one deserves to be governed by people that don't care we're watching people in you know in poverty people in food banks people really struggling and you're seeing people embezzle funds you're seeing them talk about things that are unrealistic not listening not listening at all to anyone that's why i see they don't listen but you know what with Um, what you said let rishi try try and do what he needs to do yeah let's see what will happen because like we said, Nightingale 
it was up and running in under three months. Yeah. But if you can find the staff to do it, by all means. Qualified members of staff, because this is just then going to go to like, what, all nurses associates with one head nurse, which anyway, that's my point of view. I think it's a giant mess anyway, but um, it is what it is. I just... Yeah. Watch this space, guys. Watch this space. That's all I can say, because... I don't trust these people. They're going to bring in something again next week and say they're doing something else. But what I know is that we, as a people, cannot, cannot suffer anymore. No, it's, wait, it's too much. It's too much. Hmm. But yes. And then moving on to our third and final topic... Diane, you do not look impressed at all. But you know more about this than I do. You know what? When I saw it on the news today, I didn't understand it. So basically, um, if you're in the UK or if you're someone that's a fan of the Royals, you would know that Kate Middleton, Prince William's wife, yeah, her. So basically, she has started this new initiative trying early childhood health called shaping us and it's about preventative i think support care etc for the zero to five population that she apparently has been her life's work mm. really i said I her mm. life's work was the bed bath megan but anyway i didn't say that yeah so then so basically she's kind of doing to me a whole zero to five early intervention thing now i don't want to be rude because maybe she does know more than I think she knows. But I don't understand how a privileged princess who is a member of the royal family, who has nannies to help care for her child, her children, sorry, she got three, can now sit and create an initiative to help other children. Don't get it. You know, she's using her, her free time. I mean, a lot of the issues zero to five population have kind of center around environmental issues like childhood poverty. Mm-hmm. Okay. You now have someone who taxpayers pay for bringing out initiatives to help families. I don't know how she's relatable. I don't know where she gets her expertise from. I don't know how she's going to, to push this and make it successful. I've seen, so watching it on the news, and you probably will see if you're watching it this week, a couple of celebrities who are parents who I think are going to become ambassadors for this project. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw Rochelle Humes there with her daughter. Of course. For the sake, I thought, yeah, tick the box and bring so-and-so. I just, I just... (laughs) I'm just going to keep my comments to myself because I love this podcast. Yeah, I I just thought to myself, you guys are the most tone deaf people. Like last week, you were at a food bank picking up tins, but didn't bring anything. Picking up tins yeah. just to take pictures and be like, "Oh, I ticked my box for charity for the week." Yeah, I'd be more happier if Kate actually stepped outside of her prison, that is her real life perspective, whatever she is, mm-hmm. and she said, oh, "I want to use." money that I have access to to open up free sure start centers or free shaping us centers where parents can get education on ABCD, where kids can get, can get education on ABCD, 
and I'm doing it because of this. As we're taught in uni, point, evidence, explanation. Mm-hmm. And it's a plan, it's all drafted out. You're going to put them in all different areas, specifically the areas classified as deprived, inverted commas. Mm-hmm. And yourself are going to go to every centre and make it your life's work, as she says, to ensure that the children that come through there are impacted positively, they have great outcomes, and in turn, you know, you're going to see how they're going to flourish. That's what I would want you to do as a princess who has access to my money because it's my taxes. Mm-hmm. So I want you to do not walk around in a red suit and your hair, shake hands and say how passionate you are. Passionate about what? When have you shown passion for anything, sis? You haven't. How come today you're passionate about shaping us? What has compelled you? Is it going to all the food bank? Is it hugging the kids? What has made you think we need to do something about it? I don't get it. I mean, anyone who's listening, feel free to come in and tell me, Dan, you're being so rude. Like, what are you talking about? But to me, sis ain't got a clue. Like, at all. At all. I literally don't have anything to say because you said everything. <laughs> and if I say anything, I know my mum would come for me. Not because she's a royal girl, but because of the language that will be used. But, yeah, I just think it's a no. I don't have any faith in it. All I can say is, let's see what she does, isn't it? Yeah. However, I if mean... she's going to use her her status to do something positive, and it actually does have positive outcomes for people of all backgrounds, all ethnicities, and all um, social statuses. So not just for rich, rich people, not just for middle class, not just for lower, for everyone. I think it's something that needs to be dealt with properly. Like Diane said, I don't know what she's going to bring to the table or what skills she has. However, I do also understand that some people may not have been to uni or be going, obviously going to uni is not the be and end all, but may not have such qualifications, but they do have a true passion. However, we've never heard about this. If this was a true passion, my girl has been a, ro- a member of the Royal for a time. She could have done this before she had kids. Or maybe it's something she realised after she had kids. I mean, this this could be done. But anyway, let's see what she does. Let's see what she does. And also, I want to know how useful these shape us. Is that what what it's called? Shape us? Yeah, it's called Shaping Us. That's what her initiative programme is called. And it's about preventative measures for the zero to five population what does that even mean preventative measures of what so basically you know that i say prevention is better than cure so for example because what was you know like every child matters things like that okay so So like uh, making sure people like their teeth are cleaned and yeah things are happening okay it's just repackaging something someone's already done yeah and sticking like a fancy red bow however I mean, if you can create all these startup businesses and things, but it also comes down to the parents. If they're not going to utilize this service, it's a waste of our, our money again. You're using, it but also using it from her own account. Like, is it relatable? Like, I would love to put some of my clients in front of her and see what she's going to say to them. Exactly. What are you going to say? I understand what you're going through. No, you don't. You never clients have to do with five kids in a room. That's it. Exactly exactly you know and I think those those these are the things that upset me because this stuff is thrown around like oh we're gonna do this and there's cameras and campaign this and whoa whoa whoa, whoa lovely lovely 
but people's real lives are really affected by mm-hmm. these people are really suffering in this country children are suffering in this country this is because of, of all the cuts all the shortages you know and every parent i choose to believe that when people have a child and they give birth to a child they love their child unconditionally in an in an, in an immeasurable way you can never tell a parent how much you love your child they couldn't even put it in a number right yeah everyone wants their child to have the best no one wants their child to lack or to suffer and to be plunged into situations where you're having to rob peter to pay paul you're mm-hmm. having to survive you know because right now we are surviving britain let's just be real about it right we are the first, first world country anymore no it's embarrassing you know how can poverty be high in working families that was a statistic that came out on uk fact-check politics and i was just like this is so sad like a country people used to aspire to want to live in and grow up in at least and say what he, our, ro- our roads are painted of gold yeah mm. at least people that work are in poverty so what about those that are like you said are in one room in a shared home where will that kid play how will that parent afford bus fare to come to the center or come to the initiative mm-hmm. how will parents sit and relate to you whose taxes are being paid for by working people how mm. and i'm not have to struggle to understand what someone's going through but i just don't understand where she has a leg to stand on to front it if she was an ambassador for it i'd say yes be the ambassador go mm-hmm. around go to unicef go to save the children go to different places and really talk about it and speak up for it and push it yeah. push the push what this is but for you to lead it sis stop it stop baby girl let's watch this space that's all i can say she's only come out with it we don't know if she might come out and actually blow us out of the park let's see let's see i'll give her a chance you know a small one let's see what happens but that pretty much wraps up today's episode guys i hope you have enjoyed it share some of the views or have opinion opposite views that's the word have opposite views that you want to share talk about you know what always we're always here live ready for a catch-up and the questions and keep keep hitting us up as you guys always do so you mm-hmm. know you can always hit us up on our personal instagram so mine for me geraldine it's jellybean with three l's and two a's for diane it's dd lutz with a z at the end and together you have the nursing handover podcast page you have our email address which is at the nursing handover at gmail.com and our Twitter that is at the underscore handover. So guys, take pardon. No, I just like woo woo. Oh <laughs> my bad. But guys, take care. Have a blessed week and please take it easy. I'm saying this as I'm saying this to you guys so I can say it to myself. Take it easy yes, and just guys, one way or another. So we'll be back next week with another episode. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.